This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So what is it like to be a small business owner right now with everything that is coming at them? Inflation, labor issues, supply chain, return to work, and of course, some of the lingering elements of the pandemic. A pleasure to be joined here in studio by Andrea Kyan, who is the founder of Pure Sweets PS and Company, which is an organic, vegan, gluten-free, flowers, bake, flourless, excuse me, bakery here in Philadelphia. She joins me here in studio along with Wharton marketing professor Kate Lambertson. Great to have you both with us. Thanks for a few moments today. Thank you for having us. What is at the forefront uh, of your thought process as a business owner right now? What you've gone through in the last few years with the pandemic and now inflation and all of these elements on a daily basis of making sure you have a successful business, Andrea? It's to expect the unexpected and do not rely on any past trends. Everything is a crapshoot now. Things are changing all the time. But at the same time, it's exciting because we can also throw different ideas at guests and everyone is more receptive because anything goes right now. So the hard thing is that we don't have past data to help us move forward. But the other thing is we can really be courageous and be bigger risk takers right now. How much more of a challenge is it right now than when you were just starting the business? I mean, everybody talks about when you start the business up, it's it's a challenge because you're getting everything going. Well, now you've been through a pandemic. You've been through all of this side of it as well. Is it harder now than it was at the start? It's harder now because of labor. That is the one thing I think everybody, regardless of your industry, is having a hard time with is finding people who want to work, first of all, who want to work full time, second of all. And third is that they're passionate about it. We're we're seeing a lot of folks who are just taking the job to take it and then they're going to leave. So retention's been harder. But we've always been lucky because ours is more of a mission business. So we usually attract employees who want to be with us. And now we're finally seeing that again. Right. And, and from what I read, you focus uh, on sustainable as being one of the core components of your operation, correct? We try. But as a restaurant, I'm learning it's impossible just to tell you the real deal. Right. There's always waste somewhere, but we try to absorb that waste into something else. But um, we are 100% organic. So our pricing has always been an outlier compared to everybody else. But because of inflation, it's helped us because now everyone's prices is going up. We don't look like we're so out of the ordinary anymore. And our food costs are actually staying within target goals. Which is great because uh, that's the one thing it's seemingly when you're talking about the restaurant industry and the bakery side is that everybody talks about how costs just have soared in the last couple of years and have not come down to this point. And that's helping us with our pricing because now people understand if we have to charge more, it's not because I'm trying to get rich off the back end. They understand it's charging everybody more, and that's just the way things are right now. So you mentioned the labor side of this, and and we've heard the story about the issue of keeping labor in larger corporations, but you're seeing it happen at the small business level as well. That's been tough because we want great folks to work with us, but they're coming at Uh, pricing that the big companies can afford. Obviously, we can't afford that. We don't make the same revenue. We don't have the same scale. But we've been... We've been offering that. We've been meeting those pays. And then if because our work environment is less hectic, less chaotic, it's smaller, it's more of a you know tighter team, 
uh, I think that's helping us having them stay with us longer. Kate, this is obviously a story that is playing out with so many small business owners right now. And it, it really is kind of a unique period in, in the history of small business in this country to see how these business owners are having to be so flexible, so nimble and agile to be able to make these changes on sometimes it sounds like an hourly or, or daily basis. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think something that Andrea said that seems really resonant with what we know from research is that intrinsic motivation is the magic, right? When somebody wants to be at your company because they care about what you're doing, they believe in it, that that's that's the gold star. That's what everybody wants. Now, you don't want to get to the point where you're paying people less because you know they're committed to it. That's yeah. not ethical. But a small business can create that kind of culture. They can create that family that people wouldn't want to leave. Um, and so while, you know, certainly small businesses have more challenges in terms of scope and scale and all these other things, they also have this real opportunity that is harder for a larger corporation. You know, larger corporations are talking about things like purpose and trying to create a mission driven experience. Yeah. But it's just harder when you're bigger. And that's a real asset that small businesses have. Do you see, Andrea, that component of community playing out even more so in your business because you are a small business owner, because you're kind of in that community, because the expectation of the person coming to see you is probably that one-on-one -on -one relationship more so than say a larger restaurant or a, a big business, you know, in, in one of the towers down here in Philadelphia. Absolutely. They see me there every day. Our management team is there every day. They're, we're all doing the grunt work. So we're not just telling people what to do. We're right there next to them doing it with them. So, yes. You'll have, you'll have some flour on your hands and, and running around, right? I'll be cleaning the toilets and washing the dishes just like everybody else if I have to. So your, your uh, location is downtown here in Philadelphia, right? Yes, right off Rittenhouse Square at 1706 Locust Street. So then what has it been like the last couple of years after the, the hard part of the pandemic where people were starting to come back out some people were going to their offices. You know, are you seeing the same level of of customers coming into the store than you did before the pandemic started, or is it still coming back? It's still coming back, but I think that's more on us because we were slow to reopen for dining in. Now that we've done it for a year, people still aren't realizing we're doing that. So that's on that's on us, not really on the guest foot traffic. Yeah. But until offices are back to work full time, we will never see the foot traffic we had before. The hybrid work model has really affected a lot of the businesses in that area, including ours. Did you did you add the layer? And I, I know I've seen this with a couple of, uh, of places out near where I live. The component of dining out became such a more, you know, the yes. people ordering ordering from your location, but taking home with them. So before COVID, our takeout to dine-in split was um, 70 dine-in, 30 takeout. It's flip-flop. That's nuts because we yeah. have to spend so much money on packaging and that's more waste. That kills me. Yeah. And we're trying to flip that script. So it's like, what can we do to give people a reason to dine in with us? Special things that they can't get for takeout. So that's just what we're figuring out right now. So that changes your dynamic around labor as well, because instead of having the 70% of your staff working in the restaurant side, you have to move some of those people into the preparation and getting ready for the takeout. Well, the back of house, it's the same, regardless of takeout okay. or dine-in. It's um, more, the employees are going to make more money when it's dining-in because they get to make incredible tips. But people aren't tipping on takeout. We're seeing that before it was about a 10% average. Now it's even less, maybe 5%. 
but dining in, they're still averaging at least 20 to 30% for tips. So, Kate, I understand you're doing some work with Andrea, some field study work. Tell us about what you're doing with her. Yeah, so one of our doctoral students, um, our fantastic doctoral students, was interested in, in pricing. And she was she was interested specifically in sampling experiences. So, you know, we all know if you go to Costco and you walk around, you sample, you sample, you sure. sample. These things are really expensive, but they're exactly how stores want to create foot traffic and do something that you can't get just by staying home. And we looked at our research and we saw we've never done anything about how to make those sampling experiences pay off. And we, we just, we've never studied it. Right. And, and yet it's happening all the time. So I don't want to give away the hypothesis in case we have any, <laughs> any people who walk by or want to stop by because we, kill, we are still collecting data. Um, but Andrea was gracious enough to let us set up a table in front of her store and to allow people to sample some of her products. And the only concern we had was that we were going to have ceiling effects where everybody loves everything they try. Yeah. <laughs> but How? but it's really been fun. Oh, I'm so grateful that you chose us as a field study site <laughs> because they were helping us. Yeah. Mar- it was free marketing for us. They were just spreading the word on the streets and great representative. How much of was that a component before you started doing this? Because, you know, when somebody comes into a bakery or in a, especially the bakery side of it, they want to, you know, maybe have a, a sample of, of a cookie or, a, you know, something that, that you baked, uh, you know, to kind of get them to think about buying that product, right? First two years, I was sampling on Rittenhouse Square until I got kicked out by somebody. <laughs> He's like, you're not allowed to do this here. <laughs> So yes, we used to have tables out front, and but I love the survey part because that makes them stick around and think about it. Before you just give a free sample, they just walk away. They don't, they usually don't come back. So what are your thoughts? Got about forty-five seconds left. What are your thoughts about the future now from here on? Is it a one-year plan? Is it a one-month plan? Is it a three or five-year plan? Where, where? I mean, is it so volatile that you have to kind of, you know, kind of do this as you go along? Do it as you go along. I have plans, but they never plan out the way that it's in my head. Yeah. But I think business is really turned around, and I think everyone's going to be booming. You just stick with it and stay flexible. I yeah. think everyone will figure it out. Great to have you both with us. Thanks very Thank much you. for coming in. All the best. Uh, great to be joined here in studio by Andrea Kyan, who is the founder of Pure Sweets, PS, and Company. Uh, also, Kate Lamberton, marketing professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.